1: Now. Can't remember my roommate's name, but we couldn't get into the our our room. And two exotic dancers came down the hallway and said, here you go, let us give you a hand with that. How about that? I was 16. It was like, whoa. Oh. Andy Edmonton has checked in, by the way. She says, hmm, flashback. I did find glitter around an ex's house all the way into the bedroom. Now you know. No charge. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes it is. Hi everybody. Welcome to the RP Show on a Tuesday. We're opening a brand new week. Hope you had a great long weekend as we certainly did. We're live in our Calgary home, the beautiful Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. And yeah, it's episode number 1055 of your favorite daytime sports talk show on Game Plus TV and of course WQEE Radio. We're coming in hot. Uh, Let's bring her in. We're not calling her the golden girl anymore, even though it really
2: has stuck. Hi, Serena. You still call me the golden girl, though. Eh, a little bit. We're not saying the golden girl, but we say it every time.
1: Not every day. So we were trying to fidget and get the lighting working here. Um, we weren't supposed to be at Century Downs today, we, and then we are. We got in here a little late. So well, she it looks a little like your uh, a jack-o'-lantern look. A
2: little so, bit. We're, it's okay.
1: <laughs> We're working on it. So... Where are we? Yeah, actually, well, you always look good, but this 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 is very passable, so we'll take that. All right, it's fine. Okay, what was fun was, obviously, she's here to talk hockey, but she was like, I can talk CFL. I can, obviously, Blue Jays and all the rest. Uh, you being here in Canada, let me just back up for a second. The text line's open for EMJ Marketing, 902-518-3033. There's a lot of things that we can talk about. We've got through the Blue Jays winning last night, 3-1 at Cleveland. They've won four in a row. They go after five in a row tonight. NFL training camp notes. I did that with Moose. The Eric Carlson trade. I know you're going to want to talk about that. Our poll question today is for remaining free agents in the National Hockey League. We'll get to that in a moment. And then a little CFL. It's August. It's Canada. People are going to want to talk about the CFL. And you said, hey, I can talk about it. Hey.
2: After being up here for 10 days. You feel like you're an expert. It's, I don't know about expert, but it's a little easier when you're submersed in it. I can figure out what's going on. I, I catch up quick because players change all the time in that league. I can't, I don't think I can name two rough riders. Right, it's I could I could name way more Winnipeg Blue Bombers than I could but it's like there's always players changing so it's hard to keep up but after being here for a week and a half I'm kind of a little bit more up to speed You're pretty uh, quick
1: on the uptake <laughs> um, Allie in Texarkana says uh, Hey Serena She looks beautiful as always I thought it was just me that thought that so thank you Allie for uh, throwing that in there
2: Did you really think it was just you that thought that?
1: Yeah you th- I'm the only one that was saying it, so I'm glad somebody else said <laughs> well, it. Well,
2: thank you, Allie, for, uh, I guess, re- John reaffirming. John Ohm.
1: Um, John Ohm. You missed the slap shot reference. The breaking news today is that the the New York Jets have waived Chris Streveler, the now NFL journeyman quarterback, but former backup quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who helped lead them to the Grey Cup in 2019. Everybody wants to sign him in the CFL. So I used the line, oh, jeez, Joe, every piece of garbage that comes on the market, you got to buy. It. Of course, I would get that. Right. I you, missed it, though. You before. didn't hear it, yeah. So, yeah. John Ohm, Ohm in Winnipeg writes that he says, everybody's on their feet screaming, kill, kill, kill. This is <laughs> hockey.
2: <laughs> That's more in our so, wheelhouse. Yeah, so
1: do you want to refer, before we get to the actual sports, what you were saying about Slapshot, the movie the other day? About. Which part? That we recite the lines every single day, but have never actually watched it
2: together. I think I don't think we have actually watched it together. We've had so many. We probably watched it five hundred times separately. I mean, what Canadian hasn't? Yeah. But I'm not sure. But it was funny because we were having that conversation where I said, "We probably haven't ever watched this movie together." And then I realized we don't need to. We just keep reciting, over and over Daily. and over.
1: And <laughs> it's not just us it's people in our circle of friends like curtis hunt the general manager of the prince albert raiders uh, last winter i was at a game with him here in calgary and i said <laughs> that i he was where are you going next i said i'm going to florida and he immediately <laughs> said i go to florida and get the money <laughs> so anyways on point jeff gordon he is in the queen city he writes and he says did serena enjoy the weekend games. So he's talking about the Canadian Football League. So do you want to chime in? Yes,
2: out? yes. We watched and listened to, I guess, most of the Ryder Ottawa game. And that was actually a really good football game as far as entertainment. It might not have been the best skilled game back and forth, but I feel like the entertainment value was there. There was interesting turnovers on third downs, both both teams. I think it was already in the fourth quarter, but it was in the second half anyway. There was a lot of back and forth where nobody really knew what was going on. And as far as entertainment value with the CFL, you kind of have to take it for what it is. You're not going to have the most talented players in the world or the most talented teams. But it was it was definitely, um, I would say the fans got their money's worth for sure. It was a good one.
1: And a lot of the viewers are already looking ahead to this week's games. And I'm not prepared to go there today. We're putting to bed week nine. And I'll say it again, Winnipeg blew out BC 50-14. We've talked about that a little bit today and a lot about it on Friday. Sorry, Kevin, for bringing it up, but you can't ignore the truth. Uh, here in Calgary Friday night, the Stampeders beat the Argonauts 20-7 on a beautiful sun splash night at McMahon. That was the Argos' first loss. My guy Cody Fajardo led Montreal to a win in Hamilton 27-14. Death, taxes, and Fajardo winning. Those are your three guarantees in life. And coming out of the weekend on Monday, the Ticats fired their offensive coordinator, Tommy Condell. We discussed that last hour. And now, here uh, we wound it up. The week did with, the, you know, Serena talked about Saskatchewan beating Ottawa 26 24 in a wild game that had three lead changes in the last two minutes. What more do you want? Now, to the other, to the hockey. That's what you want, Serena. Let's be honest. Let's be honest about it. Always. I'm just going back here to get the. Get this specific, because they're saying the Eric Carlson trade is a complicated trade. And it is a complicated trade.
2: As far as who's Nine going right. players, later, yeah, three for sure.
1: teams, plus our poll question today, which I'll get to in a moment, has to do with free agency. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquired all-star defenseman Eric Carlson in a blockbuster NHL trade Sunday with the San Jose Sharks uh, Saturday Saturday or Sunday. It's all a blur to me. I checked out. Pittsburgh traded a 2024 first-round pick forward Michael Grandlin and defenseman Yanni Yanruda to San Jose or as you're looking at it this way and a 2025 second round pick goalie Casey DeSmith defenseman Jeff Petrie and prospect Nathan Laguerre to Montreal is part of the deal that's I can't even read it let alone can you imagine putting that together as the general managers
2: that's what I was just thinking even you reading that and I've read it and seen it it's still kind of hard to wrap your head around who went where Definitely Pittsburgh's the winner on this. Anybody who was going to get Eric Carlson is, is the winner by far. Yeah. I heard what Darren said actually was interesting because I agree with Darren what he said. This is Pittsburgh's push one more time with the Crosby and the Malkin kind of situation that they have going on there because let's be honest, this is their last kick at the can. Again, anybody who picks up Carlson is a winner. Do I think Pittsburgh's going to be a winning team because of it? No
1: really no well it's interesting that the comments by Kyle Dubas the general manager on Monday the Pittsburgh Penguins saying they really want to win here did you hear us talking about that last hour like it was a revelation in Pittsburgh they want to win i.e that Toronto doesn't you know and they have not missed the playoffs since 2006 until last year and they only missed by a point point. and he's like yeah we need to be better are they better today with that trade oh absolutely the, they are and they only miss by mm-hmm. a point so let's examine that for a second i mean you saw the news conferences that i would do saying that what about like he very casually said and i'm paraphrasing but they really want to win here that's got people in toronto going oh, are you saying we don't
2: it's a great concept because nobody wants to win more than people in Toronto, right? Let's be honest. It's a different dynamic for him, though, from a fan perspective and whatever else. And now he's seeing it. And even I said to you this morning, how weird does he look in that Penguins jacket? It looks very odd, but it's a job. It's a job just like the players they play in the American teams or whatever that aren't from there. It's a job. I think that Dubas has the right game plan, and I feel like he had the right game plan in Toronto. It's just a tough, tough, tough market. Pittsburgh is a hockey market, but it's not Toronto. And I feel like he's going to have a little bit of breathing room. I think when he was in Toronto, it was like everybody was always kind of holding his head underwater a little bit because ultimately it's his responsibility. And now he's got a life jacket on where people care, but not to the point that they care in Toronto
1: well it's quite interesting you say that and i have not forgotten the poll because i want your take on that in a second but it's like you think dubas didn't learn in toronto he had to have learned and he'll take that to pittsburgh that's what you want in life is to grow and learn from past experiences a lot of people don't but look at brad tree living from here in calgary i kind of feel sorry for the guy he was the general manager here for nine seasons and it's just the way people are they want to trample you on your grave or light you on fire on your way out of town. hes It's true, right? People just love
2: to hate. Yeah, they just, I, it's terrible. It's ridiculous.
1: It's terrible. But he goes to Toronto, and I would think that he learned here in Calgary. Did he? Could he have done some things better? He would tell you he could do some things better. Couldn't we all? Right? And then, and then Dubas goes to Pittsburgh, and my point is, I just think that Dubas is going yeah, there's pressure here, but nothing like Toronto. Wouldn't it be something if they want to stand like up in Pittsburgh under Kyle Dubas? Can you imagine?
2: You only learn from mistakes. You don't learn from anything going yeah. easy. It's, that's not how you learn. And I'm not saying Kyle Dubas made any mistakes, but when you're in Toronto, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to make mistakes. There's always going to be he's always going to be subject to the pressure you mean or yeah in general I think just think about becoming the president of the United States you can't fix the problems from your predecessors and nobody's going to be happy you can't please anyone and you can't please everyone and I think that's the same thing as being the GM of the Leafs versus being the GM of Pittsburgh if you're a Pittsburgh fan you're like who is this guy. Oh, he was the GM of the Leafs? All right, can't, can't be that bad. He must know what he's doing a little bit. So I think that's going to give them a, a lot more life than most people realize. And then he comes out and makes this trade. It's going to be great for them. I don't think Pittsburgh has another Stanley Cup in, there in the tank with those guys. But they're not going to be pushovers.
1: The poll question today, as always, is for Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed with your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. We promised that we were going to talk about it, so we are now going to talk about it, and that is what's left in the flea market that is NHL free agency, because that's kind of what it feels like to me. Your options of the poll question today are... Who would you sign? Who's the most preferred free agent that's left of NHL free agency? Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Phil Kessel, or other. And producer Clark threw out a couple other names. Uh, Thomas Tatar, not that I mean to laugh, Josh Uh, Bailey. Yeah, Josh Bailey, Clark just said in my ear, it ain't the creme de la creme. I'm voting for Kane. He's leading the poll. How about you?
2: That's really tough. I guess it would depend on who I was a general manager of and what you need. I I personally would never take Patrick Kane on my team. I just, I've never been a fan. I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. He's a cancer. He's always getting into trouble. Just not a fan. Three Stanley Cups. So? It doesn't, was he the captain of that team though? I was just curious. Right. So Taves was the captain of that team. And, but having said that, I've always been a Taves fan, huge, huge, huge Taves fan, but he's had some health issues over the last few years. And I feel the same way about him. I'm not sure I'd pick him either, but it depends what you're looking for. If you're a guy that wants, you know, Phil Kessel is always going to bring it. And far be it from me to want to take Phil Kessel but that guy has never let a team down. He hasn't. He's not going to be... It depends what you're looking for, you know? Like, if you, if you want a top one or two line guys, you're probably not going to get that out of any of those guys. You might be better off going with a Josh Bailey or a Tatar.
1: That is a lot of Stanley Cups in that group, though.
2: Absol- oh, absolutely. Kane three,
1: Taves three, and Kessel's now three, right?
2: But they're all... Past their prime. Let's be honest. Like I heard you said that Kane probably has the most tread left on his tires. That's very accurate. I would agree with that a hundred percent. But I don't know. It's it's hard to say. You're like you well, said
1: the creme de la creme And also, as you say, depends what you want. Yeah. Uh John Ohm Ohm in Winnipeg says Winnipeg Jets signing Jonathan Taves won't happen because of Chevy's mindset. He traditionally doesn't sign homegrown talent he said Jets fans are craving homegrown talent homegrown or not and I get that. that's who I don't understand with Chevy if, if they have a culture problem there why are they not signing local players but whatever and they had the perfect chance with Seth Jarvis sitting there in the first round a couple of years ago Winnipeg kids start with the Portland Winterhawks and they signed Cole Perfetti I mean you could have done it right there you clearly don't want that but Taves would look good in Winnipeg, would he not? at a bargain? Uh,
2: of course he would. And that's I do agree with that. I don't really understand why teams don't do that. If you look at Anaheim when they won the Stanley Cup, it was loaded with Canadians for a purpose. Look at Vegas this year. General manager from Saskatchewan picked a bunch of local guys. He's just basically transporting his dream team to Las Vegas, and that's where they happen to play that's how i would be a gm of a hockey team is getting guys based on character which is again why i wouldn't pick patrick kane on my team
1: american from buffalo
2: correct and chevy's from blaine lake saskatchewan
1: that's what i don't get about any of this um in texarkana says and we might dig into this more after the break but she says i agree serena people do love to hate how about... In, in 30 seconds. How about what?
2: How about the finger emoji on one of your posts the other day? No, the middle finger emoji. Like, are you five years old?
1: People. Somebody wrote into our page with a middle finger emoji to her. It didn't bother you,
2: did it? No, I don't even barely look at that kind of stuff because I just don't have the energy for it. But...
1: Anyways, well, we can talk about that and more. <laughs> when we come back and on the way, Taylor Shire to uh, break down the latest on the green and white that is the saskatchewan rough riders we're live in calgary century downs racetrack and casino by the way this saturday night we'll be seeing you at the stampede's watch party is there at the bc lions deerfoot Meadows shark club we'll be back in a moment on game plus tv wq ee radio podcast and youtube live Okay, welcome back. We're live from Century Downs Racetrack and the Casino. Serena Taylor with us talking hockey and actually a variety of other things here. Uh, By the way, the World Professional Truck Wagon Association World Finals are coming your way August 23rd to the 27th right here. Boy, we really got the lighting rolling now. I like that. (laughs) Does it look better? I think it does. 902. 518-3033, 518-3033, the EMJ Marketing text line. 902-518-3033, we got a lot coming in there. Providing, EMJ Marketing, providing the right keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com today. Uh, Brian is watching at Hudson's Bay. He says this Rough Riders fan is not calling for Chris Strebler. I doubt if he's any better than he was back in 2019. Mason Fine is looking good. Let's roll with him. If we don't win with him, it won't be all on him. Go Riders signed Brian in Hudson Bay. Bob in Morden Manitoba writes in and he says if the Lions had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback versus the Bombers in the last game, they still would not have won. I agree, they lost 50 to 14. Uh, Winnipeg motorboated them at IG Field. I have not even taken a moment to look forward yet to this week in the Canadian football. I'm not, but that's because I live one day at a time. You're gonna be heading back to Florida shortly, and I wanna, you can tell our viewers this. And as we've just noticed, shout out Jersey Jim. He's watching in New Jersey right now. Altus Cable carries our program there on Game Plus Television. I was mentioned. the Dolphins are home to the Atlanta Falcons on Friday night. I would love to be there to watch it, but I won't. When you go back to Florida, what are you walking into sports wise? It's like another planet from here.
2: Completely. Usually, it's usually in my world, my life is baseball. I get the Major League Baseball package I'll watch a lot of baseball, but realistically around there this time of year, we're obviously get ramping up for the NFL, but college football will be starting soon and that's usually the big thing. I mean, the Dolphins, there's a lot of Dolphins fans, but for the most part, people's loyalties in that state are divided by college teams. You would never know there were multiple NFL teams in the same state. Because they just, they're, they're Dolphins fans. There's very few Buccaneers fans or, or Jaguars fans in South Florida. But as far as the colleges, that's where they're divided.
1: Well, and uh, we've talked about the Canadian Football League for most of the first hour. And we talked about it with Serena here an hour two. So we're going to push this to later in the program. The CFL fans have infiltrated the comments section. We've talked about it. So I'm glad you brought up the Blue Jays because they're at Cleveland now. And um, it's somewhat astonishing to me how closely you follow this team.
2: (laughs) I do, I love the Blue Jays. When I was younger, my parents, you know when you had like, it was a privilege to have a TV in the living room and a TV in your parents' room. So my parents got so sick of me just bombarding their bedroom to watch the Blue Jays games. Like if my dad was home, we would obviously watch it, but my mom just, go in the other room. So my parents bought a new TV for their bedroom and gave me theirs. It was one of those little turn dials with the 13, 13 little stations and TSN when I was a kid was channel two. So we started on channel two. And so I would watch the Blue Jays games every single day. I had a notebook. I would write the scores down each day. I absolutely, absolutely love the Blue Jays. So the fact that I can follow them now for $150 a year and listen to Dan and Buck every game is fantastic. So for the Blue Jays
1: fans that are watching coast to coast or in the United States or obviously in Atlanta where the Braves are number one, but they follow what the Blue Jays are doing. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to put them in now. 902-518-3033. Because I'm not sure how much time we're going to have this week with Serena because she cleared today. Uh, to be on the program and as we thought we were going to be traveling back to Calgary so let me ask you this do you feel the Blue Jays did enough at the trade deadline last week which was a week ago today to make themselves a serious World Series contender
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of teams in Major League Baseball that could be a contender, just depends on how well their players perform. It's like the same uh, conversation that we had about the Oilers. Are they doing enough every year? I feel like the Blue Jays have done a good job over the last couple of years to put the pieces together to make it work. There are I believe three games back out of the wild card spot as of today and I think it's doable. It just a lot of times with baseball cuz it's so funky. You lose a game, you lose a game, half a game. You know what I mean? So you can really dig your own grave, but other teams can do that too. So it's really hard to say. I think they have they have what it takes in my opinion. They're solid. I don't think I've ever seen the Blue Jays specifically have guys that can play at different positions. When we grew up, it was like Devon White was center field and Alomar was second base. And there was no moving around. Now Whit Merrifield can play left field. He can play second base. Uh, everybody can play wherever they want. And that's the beauty of the Blue Jays this year. And I think that's what makes them so strong.
1: Interesting comment has come in on the text line. <laughs> I Full disclosure, I didn't even tell you this, but I did say it on the air an hour ago. I am missing having the NFL Network, and I'll be inundated with it in a few weeks' time when I go back to Florida. But Chris is watching on Game Plus Television in Heidelberg, Ontario, and he writes in and says, I loved Zach Thomas's Hall of Fame speech. Finally, he is my favorite Miami Dolphins player of all time. And that's one thing I missed. The Hall of Fame game was last Thursday night. We watched a little bit mm-hmm. of it. Not a lot. I mean, come on. It's preseason game one for the Jets and the Browns it wasn't a big deal but the induction of the Hall of Fame on the Saturday night some of my greatest Saturday nights in the summer we're watching Michael Irvin's induction Jimmy Johnson who I will be tracking down as you know (laughs) trust me at Jimmy Johnson's in the Florida Keys but you can't follow everything and that's one thing I was saying to Karen here at the Century Downs I said the one it's tough in the summer for this show because everybody likes something else you love the Blue Jays, some love the CFL, some love, Darren loves tennis, some people love golf, but in the winter, we all love hockey.
2: Well, it's the, a lot easier in the winter. The beauty about being up here is we can talk about hockey in August and nobody gets upset. Right. If we were talking about the CFL in January, I'd fall asleep. They're like, at best, right? But that's Defense.
1: a beauty. The CFL fans want that, but it's like, no. We talk about the CFL every day for six months during the season, but we're not doing it in the winter. Now, the interesting thing is when we do go back to Florida, we should break the news right now. The podcast we're going to do.
2: Oh, I was like, what news are we breaking? (laughs) (laughs) A little panic there.
1: Even Kevin the Medium just shot up, and he's interested. I think this is going to go big, and there's a reason why it's going to go over big. And she knows why, because we've talked about this. And let me just say... It's the Rod Peterson Show today. It's not Sports Center, so we're going to talk about our lives. Now you can unveil the name of the podcast and why we think it's going to uh, just go over great guns in Florida.
2: So Rod and I have decided to start a podcast about hockey in Florida in general, mostly focusing on the Panthers and the Lightning, of course, because that's they have the biggest fan bases. But are we unveiling the name? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: should we, Kevin? What What are they saying, Kevin? The media. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yes, I'm getting it too. Okay, they're saying yeah, unveil it.
2: So we've decided, we've decided loosely to call our podcast the Cats and Bolts podcast. Podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Sounds like nuts oh, and bolts. Ta-da. And that was because we were sitting in the car for way too long. And we decided that on Friday cats and bolts podcast. A lot of times in South Florida, they do not have the access to learn anything about what's going on with their team. They don't have TSN showing hockey highlights every day, you know, on sports center or whatever. They just don't have the accessibility to it. And this will be good because as you all know, Rod and I do not agree on anything hockey related, Which is odd. Continue. It is actually kind of odd. It is whatever. It's but it's going to create for some good conversation. So we're probably going to actually video record it. I feel like we should come up with a YouTube channel. But if you look at the people that are reporting on the Panthers or the Lightning or whatever, mostly I can speak for the Panthers just because we live there, there's not a designated hockey person that actually, like, the Leafs have, like, 14. The Habs forget it. There's 100 people that are employed just to report on the Habs, which is the way it should be. So these poor people, they don't really get much. And that's part of life. They're not going to have it. So that's where we come in.
1: Well, they're getting in my face. I go to more Panthers games than Serena, which you understand now you're going to have to go to more.
2: Well, I'm fine with that. It's mostly <laughs> because of the time.
1: Uh, right. But they're like, we, we, can you talk more Panthers? Can you talk more lightning on your show we get it all the time and I'm like well we would love to but we're in half the year I'm in Canada so they don't want to talk about that they want to talk about the Flames the Orders the Jets the CFL and so we kind of put our heads together and said no this is something that they would like and Allie says amen and she was talking about the hockey talk and then she says opposites attract though the only thing we're opposite on is a hockey opinions.
2: Wouldn't you say? Yeah, probably. I probably I agree
1: do. on everything else, but, but that's when, what makes
2: it very interesting. Going back to what Ali just said, she lives in a place where she doesn't get a lot of hockey coverage. I'm not saying Dallas doesn't have a lot of fans. They do. They have a pretty good hockey fan base there. But it's the same thing. It's the coverage. It's just not the need for it or the want for it in South Florida. You even look, I, I think back to when Ed Jovanovski was playing in Florida himself, and I'm like, man, this guy, Jay Bomeester, they get no exposure down there. Nobody cares who they are. And it's so different playing in Canada, and it has not changed.
1: Well, I would say... Su- she exaggerates. Not nobody cares. The Florida Panthers have more Twitter followers than every... No, no, NH, no. Uh, every CFL team.
2: What I'm saying is, from a standpoint of we're sitting in Canada, we could talk about any Canadian team, and everybody cares about what's going on on a lot of the teams. Right. Whereas in Florida, they just, they don't, up here, we don't care what's going on in Florida. When we, before you moved to Florida, you couldn't even name two Panthers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's maybe a little bit exaggerating, but I was like, oh, Calgary's going to love Mackenzie Weger, and da 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 da. And outside of that, nobody knew who he was. That's
1: fair. Because no one watches. Yeah, that's totally fair. But like I say, when somebody's coming up and asking you for something, there's a void. Of course. As simple as that. The bar flies in Winnipeg, writes in and says, Beauty and the Beast podcast. That's a little too accurate.
2: Yeah, we know. That's what we-
1: <laughs> From Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, whom unfortunately you haven't met yet. I would love for you to. He says, Puck on the Beach. It's not like we haven't spent hours, well, minutes, thinking about what would be the best name for this.
2: It's just that we wanted to really target those two specific teams, because that all these things have gone through our heads. And so we don't really want something that rhymes with fun on the beach either. <laughs> I think we want to keep it like- Puck on the Beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's kind of where our focus is going to be so that it's blatantly obvious who we are covering. There are five million hockey podcasts out there, but what's going to set us apart? The fact that we're in South Florida. I don't want to just make a bang in Florida. Everybody up here is going to know and they're going to want to listen because of the stuff that we're talking about.
1: Well, and the, the one big thing for me is number one, I go to the P- Panthers games and all the guys in the press box are talking about the college football from the night before or watching the screens. I'm like, guys. We're here for the Panther game. They're not. And then I've got parents of players writing me going, can you give me a report on this player or that player? Because the reporters that are there don't know. I'm like, well, I'm not there right now. But Allie says she likes the name. And Leanne says, will you get Chucky on your first episode?
2: Your favorite player. You're we wow. have to. My absolute favorite. Listen. It wouldn't be hard. I'll tell you what. That would be a fun interview. That would because be Because you know what? honestly i don't dislike him as much as i did when he played for the flames because he was a flame but i feel like that would be a lot of fun because he's an outgoing dude great. and he's pretty easy going we could do it riding around in a golf cart in fort lauderdale <laughs> we got a lot of connections down there david
1: in winnipeg says how about the
2: fire and ice
1: podcast rod and his fire rants and serena with the ice hockey knowledge what are you saying i don't have ice hockey knowledge Bingo! I already don't like this idea. And the Fire and Ice podcast would belong to Theo.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different ones that uh, you yeah, already taken. Okay. Well, this went fast. I don't get enough time on this show. I give you more every time. I still say that to you all the time, even and it's off never the air. Never enough. I'm like grapes. I don't get enough time That's on this show. That's why we're starting
1: our own podcast specific to Cats and Bolts. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're going back out on the video chat. When we return, we are live from Century Downs Racetrack and Casino on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube Live. We're live at our beautiful Calgary home, Century Downs Racetrack and Casino, live harness racing Friday and Saturday night, and the Chuck World Finals coming up August 23rd to the 27th. Get your tickets at showpass.com, and we'll see you here. Lots of wonderful comments coming in about uh, our podcast that we're going to be doing next month, the Cats and Bolts podcast. I'll read some of those messages in a moment. I appreciate the support. Man, it's already going great. Going great was Sunday night for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Taylor Shire covers them for the Regina Leader Post and Post Media. 26-24 victory over the Ottawa Red Black- And Taylor, I would just want to open with your thoughts on the game, covering it, and specifically the performance of Mason Fine. What would you think of what went down
4: yeah. Sunday night? Well, first I'll say it did not need to be that close. Uh, I think the Riders were the better team, uh, but I mean the the fumble on third down uh, that led to a touchdown uh, and then obviously the uh, another third down that wasn't successful almost cost them and and if Brett Lothar didn't hit that 54-yard field goal, it would be a totally different vibe around this team right now. There would be people calling for change this week and it would just be absolutely uh, sort of pandemonium had he not made that field goal, in my opinion. Um, so Brett obviously coming to save the day for his coach, his mm-hmm. team, probably not his quarterback, because I, I think Mason Fine did play well enough. And and those two gaffes on third down weren't really his fault um, at all, obviously, because it was Jake Doligal handling the, the short yards short yardage uh, duties but i think mason and i've had belief in him this whole time and and i think he played well he keeps improving week after week and he put up almost 300 yards didn't throw an interception and didn't take a sack so uh i think it was a good start uh, or good first win in his third start uh, so far this year
1: take me inside please for a dummy like me Fans were asking why Jake Dolighello, the six-foot-seven backup quarterback, was handling short yardage. In the past, they'd had Shea Patterson doing that. Is Patterson even on the roster? Do they have three quarterbacks on the roster? Why did they have the, the giant in there moving away from what they normally have done?
4: Well, they started the season with Shea Patterson as the short yardage. Trevor Harris was the starter, obviously, and Mason was the backup. And then when, when Dola Gala came onto the roster, um, Shea Patterson was unsuccessful in a couple of different third-down gambles in short yardage. So then they made the move, made the move to Dola Gala a few weeks ago. He's six foot seven. He can basically grab the ball and sort of reach over, and that's kind of what their thought was. So for the last couple of games, they've used him. Dola as the short yardage quarterback. It hasn't really been all too successful though. And especially those two third down gaffes almost cost them last game. So I think they might go back to Patterson or maybe even they keep Mason fine in there. We did see one of the short yardage third and one plays on Sunday where Mason fine just stayed in the game and kept the ball. And then it didn't allow Ottawa to bring in their big guys to then stack the box. So they kept Mason in there and just did a quick uh, third down sneak with him. So I think that's what we'll see. Um, on Friday is, is keeping Mason fine in there on third down, but you never know um, if they will go back to Shea Patterson, who that, that was kind of his bread and butter and, and why he made the team um, initially at the training campus was to handle short yardage.
1: That's what I thought. And so I wasn't in the news conference room with Craig Dickinson. Tell me, cause a lot of the, both coaches had to answer questions about decisions on third down. It was Craig Dickinson saying, Hey, we're, we're lucky to get that one or is he steadfastly uh, not making any apologies for the way that game went down and ended?
4: Uh, he said it shouldn't have been that close, and, and I don't know if they were lucky. Um, he just he said, "Yeah, we, we can't have those mistakes. We need to find a way to get a yard on third down, especially when they're a yard off the ball in the CFL. It should be a given, right? The, the offensive line should have enough, you know, momentum just to fall forward one yard. Um, so, so I guess he felt fortunate." Um, in a sense that uh, that that didn't cost him and and on the other side Bob Dice electing to kick a field goal from the one yard line uh, and not trying to go for it on third and one to try to get the touchdown which probably would have cost the Riders the game so I think the Riders defense uh, certainly kept them in them all game and and Dickinson did credit them the defense uh, for how well they played and I think that stop on second and whatever it was uh, that ottawa had uh, they got down to the one yard line it was probably one of the biggest plays of the game for the Riders.
1: well uh taylor i've known you a long time you're an you're an analytical guy and one thing about in your role right now you can't really give your opinion or at least you're not supposed to so i'm asking for it now like on the dice thing i'm watching the game going oh he'll kick a field goal give them the lead play some defense and win the game I don't think Dice didn't have to explain anything, but, but he did because he was asked about it. Did you think Ottawa, that decision cost him the game or not?
4: No, I wasn't surprised that they kicked the field goal and Dice did say after the game he had confidence in his defense um, that he was going to take the lead. And, and if, he, if, if they don't get in from the, from the one-yard line, that's a pretty tough spot to be in, uh, you know, where you, where you could have taken the lead. So I think anytime you over. you can take the lead, yeah, exactly. Anytime you can take the lead is is a is a good thing. Um, but what Dice said after the game, he was mad at himself for allowing his kicker on the kickoff to kick it to Mario Alford. He wanted, he he said in hindsight, he should have kicked it to the other side because um, Alford went up and put a thirty-seven yard kick return on that play which and then Mason Fine got, I think, 14 more yards to set up the 54-yard field goal. So Dice, after the game, was sort of upset with himself that he didn't kick it to the other side of the field out of the hands of Alford or or even maybe squib the kick uh, like we've seen in the past with with time winding down. So... um, I can't, I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in for dice. I don't think I would ever as a coach not take the points in that situation. But uh, yeah, it was interesting that he was sort of mad at himself for kicking it towards Alfred at the end, instead of uh,
1: not and, necessarily going for it. And should have been. <laughs> Why are you kicking to this guy? He's the best returner in the league. So that, that. but as far as kicking the field goal, no, I don't have an issue without at all. And to be honest, Taylor, I mean, I was there all long weekend. I got the sense of Ryder fans. As neurotic as they are, they should be pretty happy that Mason Fine won the game. They proved they could beat a quality opponent without Trevor Harris. They should be happy this week, and I don't know if they are or not.
4: Uh, yeah, I think they're relieved. I don't know if happy is quite the word yet. Um, obviously they're four and four now, so they're content with that, but, uh, it's going to be a tough test this week. It's a short week. They got to go into Montreal and, and face a very motivated quarterback in Cody Fajardo. So I think there's, there's almost no time to be happy quite yet, uh, after beating Ottawa on Sunday, cause it's a, a quick turnaround, um, to face, uh, Fajardo and the Alouettes on Friday, but, uh, Herb Zerkowski from the Post Media as well said that Cody Fajardo was not at practice today for the Alouettes. He took a big shot uh, on the weekend in their game. So we'll have to monitor if Cody's even healthy enough to play this week. Uh, I imagine being at day one of practice, he's taken the day off, but you never know. It was sort of a left shoulder or underneath kind of his pec area type of injury that he was holding on the weekend. So non-throwing arm. Um, i Doubt it would force him to sit a game as he, he ended up finishing the game. But something to monitor for sure if Cody Fajardo is healthy enough to play on Friday. But, yeah, for the Riders, they can't really uh, rest on that victory on Sunday because they got to turn it around right away this week.
1: Well, they, they shouldn't. They, should, they shouldn't even be thinking about it. But I will say this, just your take in the 90 seconds we have left. I remember you once saying on this show you felt Cody Fajardo was a breath of fresh air. To deal with and cover. So I'm sure you're looking forward to this matchup as much as much as everybody is.
4: Yeah, I think it's the game of the week. I think he will be motivated. Uh, Mason Fine will obviously be motivated to, to show that he's the better quarterback of the two. That's the Riders made the move uh, to Mason Fine last year. And obviously that was uh, what led Cody Pajardo to leaving. Um, and I think Jason Moss, that's an interesting storyline. He was obviously fired in the offseason. So that's another dynamic of this game that's uh it's going to be the game of the week in the cfl i'll, I'll say it right here because the other ones uh, don't have as many storylines as this one does so um it's a tough turnaround for the riders uh, going on just five days in montreal obviously will be quite motivated so uh it'll be an interesting one to watch
1: all right taylor is always great report enjoy the time uh thanks for
4: the time and uh, have a great week awesome thanks for having me roddy
1: Taylor Shire of the Regina Leader Post covers the Rough Riders there. Overtime's next. We're live from Century Downs Racetrack and Casino on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio, Podcast, and YouTube Live. Overtime, proudly brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League. This is going to be a very fun segment here. Uh, Well, they all are, but this is going to be more fun. Just because I'm reading some of the viewer comments, what are you looking at? Ryan in Saskatoon regarding our podcast, the Cats and Bolts podcast. Uh, Ryan says, excited to hear the podcast. We'll be listening for sure. We'll have to let my sister know as she's a Panthers fan. Brian in Hudson Bay writes in. And so we can sit down if you want. Brian in Hudson Bay says, good luck with your podcast. I'll take it. Thank you. She's here. They're just framing you up. I'm sure they are. Um, David in Winnipeg says, I did not mean you had no hockey knowledge. LOL.
2: So, yeah. He knows, he knows who actually does, though. <laughs> uh,
1: and I wanted to point something out. If Ali in Texarkana is still watching, um, she said, who do I need to fight? The guy that gave the middle finger emoji <laughs> I'm not even totally sure it was to you. It might have been in your general direction. Like, I showed it to you, right? Yeah. All you said was you don't like people saying the orders need to do things because they are doing things, and they're one of the best teams in the NHL. It wasn't even really – it was like an off-the-cuff.
2: It's like people want to complain about everything. Like, the Blue Jays. I'm like, how could you possibly be upset with the Blue Jays, the amount that they've been winning? People are still upset. I'm like – I don't understand this. James in
1: Borden, Manitoba says, I'm pumped for the podcast. On the weekends, I miss the RP show. So more Rod, the better. See? Another- C. Th-
2: I, I feel like this is just buttering you up.
1: What's wrong with that? At least somebody does.
2: <laughs> ding, ding. From
1: Ryan O Radio. Uh, W-Q-E-E he writes in and says another great RP show we were talking about you earlier Ryan I literally have no idea how this guy has the time to run that radio station W-Q-E-E he's the man but your Falcons are playing my Dolphins on Friday night at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami so if you want to put a wager on it I wouldn't say no
2: isn't chicken sandwiches the wager around the RP show
1: with him (laughs) yeah hey Chris Chris Sanford I'm looking forward to see him. He hasn't uh, won a bet with me yet. John um, says, uh, great show, Rod. And uh, John in Edmonton says, what podcast, Rod? Serena and I are going to do a Florida hockey podcast called the Cats and Bolts podcast, where we talk about...
2: The Cats and the the Bolts. The Cats and the Bolts. But we'll sprinkle some other stuff in there, too, because that's always fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, Two quick CFL thoughts, and I love this. She, She ain't scared of anything, this gal. She's like, I'll talk CFL. So two things. One, how do you feel about the Edmonton Elks kicking the fan out of the game that was wearing a bag over his head? And I apologize, John and Edmonton, who brought this up on Friday. I thought John was joking. I didn't think they would actually do that, that they would kick a fan out for wearing a bag on the, on his head. You're 0-8. You're lucky he's there. What do you think?
2: Like you said the other day, if you you pay the price of admission and you're not technically bothering anybody. It's a one thing if you're annoying other fans or you're, maybe somebody complained. I don't know. That could have been it as well. It's just like if you fans are complaining about heckling and stuff, they can be kicked out. I don't know. I mean, we're just, this is picking at little Like, this is low-hanging fruit that people are picking at because the Eskimos haven't won, sorry, the Elks haven't won a game. So everybody's like, this guy did this. Bro, there's bigger problems.
1: Yeah, but that's, I agree, but I don't agree. The football team
2: has enough problems. How come, well, how come in Saskatchewan you can wear a freaking fruit on your head and you can't wear a bag in Edmonton? What's the difference?
1: Has the team spoken about this? This is why I had a very tough time believing this was actually a thing. Again, aside from throwing things on the playing surface or... Relieving yourself in the row, you should be able to do almost anything.
2: Well, maybe maybe they were harassing other fans. We don't we don't know. Well, I we mean, we saw them I on know. TV.
1: Didn't look like they were.
2: No, but and someone probably complained. Yeah,
1: and I just I feel like the team was offended that the, their own fan wear a bag over his head, so they kicked him out. That's this. That's what I think the story is. Probably. And that's pretty pathetic if that's the case. Yeah. Worry about winning a game, not kicking. That's fans my out. point. Yeah, that's, yeah, my that's point. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah so we're agreeing. Ding, ding on. the thing. A first time for ding everything. Something
2: or ring How something.
1: Okay. How about that? Uh, <laughs> a John in Edmonton says, Randy Ambrosie wants a team in Quebec City. Thoughts, Rod? I'm not giving my thoughts because I don't care. I really like Randy personally, but I've run out of time with Randy Ambrosie comments, whether it be the stats that they can't get figured out, the Maritime schmozzle chasing the tail the xfl we're talking about talking i'm done with the ambrosie comments so i'll put it over to you what do you think about this commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, and anything that he says, let alone putting a team in Quebec, if that's true?
2: I can't really speak on... I don't really have an opinion about him because I haven't lived through listening to the different things he's saying, but based on what you just said mm-hmm. and thinking about everything about the XFL and the this and the that, it's all talk. It's been talk for years. Like, But they have to because there's nothing else exciting that happens in that league.
1: Bingo! They don't like change. They do not like change. That's a fact. Nelson says, now there's supposed to be a CFL policy around face coverings for safety reasons. That said, it's loosely enforced because fans wear wrestling masks. Yeah, I don't believe that. Whatever the explanation, they kicked him out because they were embarrassed. That's what it was. End of story. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan says, what would happen if I went to Mosaic with a Ryder sucks sign?
2: Jeff. You'd be risking your life, Yeah, Jeff. that would just serious?
1: be... Jeff, why don't you do it?
2: Yeah. And tell it. us
1: how it goes. That's That would be great. Okay. <laughs> fun show. Thank you. It was a blast. Appreciate you. And uh, Brendan and Taylor and everybody else, we'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern.
0: Who has more fun than us? <laughs>
4: oh, good one, Rod.